Greetings, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. I wanted to talk today about this thing we call white privilege. And I've been asking a simple question as of late, which is, I can acknowledge my privilege. Why can't white people? You know, I recently read an article about white privilege. It was an essay contest that it caused a, lot, a little bit of controversy in Westport, Connecticut. Basically, according to the New York Times, this wealthy coastal town is over 90% white and has an average salary of $150,000. While most of the students did not have a problem with the question uh, about white privilege, many parents were outraged. And I'm like, wow. So here's the question. The question asks, in a thousand words or less, describe how you understand the term white privilege. To what extent do you think this privilege exists? What impact do you think it has had in your life, whatever your racial or ethnic identity, and in our society more broadly? The question sparked outrage by some parents who called it race-baiting, offensive, and divisive. Now, as a diversity and leadership educator, as well as an upstander, I encounter comments like this across the country, as well as internationally when the topic of white privilege is raised, because yes, it is an international phenomenon. The idea for some white people that their incredible success could not be derived from anything other than their Protestant work ethic mentality that says essentially that I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps, why don't you, and nothing else is, impuls- is impossible to conceive. Rather than become offended, I think it's important to acknowledge that most of us have some form of privilege and part of the path to making our privilege irrelevant is to first acknowledge it. Look, I'm a black man living in inner city America, not wealthy. I don't have a common sounding name. My name's Omae Gongo, right? That doesn't allow me to easily blend in. I have experienced my fair share of racism, stereotyping, profiling, whatever, you name it. Despite this, I have to realize that I also have my own bit of privilege. I'm a man living in a male-dominated society. My gender provides me with the opportunity to really just ignore certain things and not have certain conversations. For example, I can, if I choose, completely ignore conversations relating to sexual harassment and assault because this issue generally affects women more than men. If indeed I fall victim and and become a victim of sexual assault, no one will blame the clothes I was wearing that day or accuse me of seducing my attacker or look at my body development and say, well, what did he expect to happen? That's privilege. Look, being a man also allows me to generally choose my career, any career that I want, and not have to worry about passing my quote-unquote time to advance my career to the fullest. For example... I have female friends who work for the State Department and the Foreign Service in general. One friend told me that she and her female friends have to decide if they are going to start a family young and risk not receiving certain promotions because of maternity leave, for example, or forego starting a family in order to rise through the ranks faster. I have yet to speak to a single man in the Foreign Service who has had that problem. It's still a problem for younger generations, too, evidenced by a survey I took of my American University students. I asked them how many feel as if they had to plan out the stages of their lives since the age of 10 with set deadlines based on their age. Only the females raised their hand. One male student was shocked because, as he said, quote, I never had to think about, unquote, an age limitation. That's privilege. I also happen to be an American passport-holding citizen. In most places around the world, simply showing this passport affords me a certain level of privilege that someone from my parents' home country of the Congo just won't get. This has become even more evident in the Trump administration, where even green card holders are no longer guaranteed entry into the United States. As stated previously, 
I face many forms of stereotyping, racism, and profiling, but generally speaking, my nationality has served as a net plus in the more than 20 countries I have visited to date. That's privilege. Look, at the end of the day, if we think hard enough, we can all realize that there are some privileges we do enjoy over others because of our education, race, gender, zip code, nationality, etc. For the people of Westport or the other well-to-do white neighborhoods, no one denies that you've worked hard for what you have. But it's also important to know, as Professor Tim Wise points out in his film and book, White Like Me, that this government has been set up over a period of centuries for the advancement of white people. We can go back as far as slavery as for, uh, to programs of the last century, such as the post-World War II GI Bill that provided white military veterans with more opportunities for education and home ownership for, for over black soldiers. Opportunities such as these gave many white families a head start and opportunities to build wealth. There's a racial history of privilege in the very zip codes that most of us reside in and the schools our children attend. To ignore this basic fact is to simply ignore reality. As Georgetown University professor Michael Eric Dyson said, the concept of white privilege is at the heart of many of the challenges we face in America today. White privilege keeps white people who are not part of the upper echelon arguing against their own interests and failing to realize that they have more in common with marginalized communities of color than they think. Denial of white privilege allows for those white people who make up the majority of upper-class America to deny that they or their forefathers may have had access to opportunities that were often legally denied to other communities, thus limiting their pool of competition. I recently came across a picture that shows a difference between equality and equity, and it has a, a or an adult, a child, and a toddler all standing on one crate looking over a fence watching a baseball game. Only the, the, to only the kid who looks about 10 years old or so can see it as well as the adult, but the little child looks about 2 years old can't see it. Next to it, they put a picture of the man standing without a crate, the, say, 10-year-old standing on one crate, and the 2-year-old standing on two crates. Everybody gets to see the game. That picture really says it all. This is a country who, for almost 400 years, has never fully approached equality and therefore not even come close to equity. Taking the bold step to acknowledge our privilege will get us closer to equity if we would only be honest with ourselves equally. Let me know your thoughts and hit me up at upstanderblog.com and let me know what you think. I'd appreciate it. Take care and create a great day. And remember, why settle for outstanding when you can be upstanding? Peace. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.